0: 1645. 800 600 1645. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool.
1: Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition. Here, 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards with you. Um, all right, so here's the deal. I was really. Really hoping that I would not have to fly solo this week But for a variety of reasons, Missy e is unfortunately not able to join us uh, First of all, I'm not actually, actually I'm not on the near frontier this week uh, I'm up in the D.C. area, uh, heading up for uh, for work um, We've got a, a great country concert coming up this weekend in Fairfax Justin Moore, Lee Bryce, the American Made Tour uh, Both NRA country artists, I'm going to be interviewing them i uh, seen Jen Jakes of varying Arms while I'm up here. I didn't even realize that Jen was in town, but i going to see her while I'm up here and then head back down to the farm uh, Friday night, just a quick up-and-back trip. So, unfortunately, had to do the podcast while I was on the road. Um, but the other thing, the other reason why uh, Missy e is not with us this week is uh, she's still not doing that great, honestly. I mean, it's... Uh, So she went she had blood work done this week. By the way, if this is your first 40 acres in a fool, hi, welcome. Glad that you're here. I'm going to get you quickly caught up on what's been going on uh, in the personal life we've been talking about for the last six or seven months or so. Uh, My wife, Missy, diagnosed with lung cancer back in September after surgery. She's been going through chemo for four months. Uh, Two weeks ago, had her last round of chemotherapy. And, uh, you know, we're, we're hoping that the worst is over. We're hoping that the best is yet to come, uh, but the best has not arrived yet. So she's still been just really run down, really tired, kind of nauseous. Went and had some blood work done, uh, and as it turns out, there's a reason for that. Uh, She has anemia and uh, uh, really low levels of iron. Her white blood cells are low. Um, Basically may need a blood transfusion if uh, her... Uh, vital signs don't increase and get better in the next couple of days. So uh, I know that a lot of folks have already uh, told her on Instagram and elsewhere that uh, there'll be donors. Um, I I have told her that as well. And uh, I think that I get first dibs on being her donor if she needs a blood transfusion. But uh, please keep her her in your thoughts and your prayers. She was told this week, when she was at the doctor's, that it could be several months before she, you know, starts feeling like she's getting back to normal. And I think we were all kind of hoping that uh, that that wouldn't be the case. We knew that you wouldn't be able to just flip a switch and and all of a sudden, ta da! Everything's better. And uh, uh, we, we knew it wasn't going to work that way. But I think to be told, yeah, it may be a couple more months. Uh, before you're feeling better, we can't go ahead and take that port out of your chest right away, where they've been delivering the chemo drugs, because you may have to have more. Right, we have to go through the CT scans, we have to see that uh, nothing is growing, and you know, we're always trying to uh, to stay positive. We we honestly, I, I, I don't really think uh, much about uh, the possibility of. Uh, the cancer coming back, or the first time they do a CT scan, that there's there's more there. Like I don't even think about it. I don't think Miss E thinks about it. We realize that that is a possibility. We understand that, uh, uh, the, you know, according to the doctors, there's about a twenty percent chance of uh, this cancer recurring over the next five years, and you know that's that's better than fifty percent, which uh, was the uh, the odds given to her if she didn't have chemotherapy, but. Uh, one in five chance is still a one in five chance. So we uh, we understand the risks and we understand the uh, potential for uh, future problems. But we really don't like to think about it. Uh, you know, we'll deal with it if and when we have to. Uh, so right now, this is what we're dealing with, and hopefully, we get some good news next week. Um, but if not then uh, hopefully we get the blood transfusion going soon and uh, and we get Missy back to feeling better here before long. So hopefully uh, Missy will be back with us on the program next week. Now I do have some good news because she is awesome. And uh, while she was at the, after the doctor's office, Uh, visit yesterday. She actually went to the post office, set up a P.O. box for us. (laughs) So, yay. I know we had a a question last week about uh, wanting to send Miss E some yarn. Uh, So I will tell you now, there is an address that you can use if you would like to send Miss E some care packages. Um, It is Corny Goat Farm, P.O. Box 817, Farmville, Virginia, 23901, Dash zero eight one seven. So one more time. Actually, you can probably go back and rewind that if you need it. But uh, Corny Goat Farm P.O. Box eight one seven Farmville, Virginia, two three nine zero one dash oh eight one seven. And and that means that I, too, can start uh, uh, giving more stuff away here when the springtime comes. I think we might start doing random. See, I can't sell Bacon. We can't sell bacon on the farm. But I think, i got to check the farm rules here, pretty sure we can do a bacon giveaway. And I'm thinking that might be a fun little contest here in the, maybe here in just a few weeks, because we've actually got bacon curing right now. So we we may be giving away bacon here on 40 Acres in a Full. Not the stuff you get in the store. Uh-uh. The homemade, hand-raised, Right. Farm to your table. Bacon. I got to think about how we're going to market this. This this should be something we uh, (laughs) spread the news far and wide that we're uh, giving away this bacon. Uh, But now we can do stuff like that. So I'm excited that we uh, we have our own P.O. box. It's been a pretty good week, actually, on the farm, um, with the exception of Missy's health. Uh, Haven't had any more chickens die. That's good. They're all still in place. The the seven. New hens that we uh that we got from a friend when I was at shot shows. I was like what three weeks ago uh we're down to three, I'm sorry, we're down to four. We've lost three of these seven hens, uh but it has been more than a week since we've lost any of them, and it really kind of surprised me because the the ones that got snagged um were the ones that I thought would last the longest. They were kind of the mottled brown and gray, and uh, we had four bright white and speckled uh, chickens. I figured they'd be the first ones gone because they just stand out. There's no camouflage whatsoever. Uh, no, they're still around. It's It's been some of the others who I, I guess uh, maybe thought that they could depend a little bit more on their camouflage, or maybe those were just the slower of the chickens. Uh, but uh, we still have four chickens, the new, uh, well, four of the new hens. We also have four uh, layers, uh, hens that are old enough to actually be giving us eggs right now. So hopefully, <laughs> if we can manage to keep all of them alive, uh, we will have eight laying hens before long. Uh, three bacon seeds. The bacon seeds are doing just great. It has been a pretty warm week on the farm, so they haven't had to hunker down in their hay too much at night. and. Uh, I do need to probably move them for the spring here in a little bit. They've had their winter quarters. They have uh, eaten it uh, down to the nub, basically. Uh, we've got a little spot of land that kind of looks like a dust bowl uh, from where the uh, the hogs have been. Now, we supplement them with sow chow during the winter, so don't get the idea that our uh, bacon seeds are starving. Far from it, as a matter of fact. They're doing just fine. But I do want to move them into some fresh pasture. Maybe one more time before the uh, the growing season starts. It's been uh, warm enough that the ground hasn't been frozen, so it's a lot easier to move the electro net and move them to a new place than it is when it's you know 15 degrees or uh, or 10 degrees. Uh, one of the bacon seeds is most definitely going to be having uh, bacon seeds of her own. We you know we had our, our our boar that we borrowed from a friend who had the issue uh, that had to be put down, but he. He did his work before he went he uh he he got at least one of the pigs preggers she is visibly noticeably uh wider and rounder and heavier than her sister who is the exact same age uh the smaller uh hog who would come along with the uh the boar um i i don't think i don't think she was old enough i think she was just there for companionship i don't think she was uh Actually, I take that back. Biologically, I think you only have—I think they only have to be six months. So she's old enough, but I don't think she's preggers. Uh, we've got one pregnant pig, and honestly, that's okay because pigs have big litters. So even with just one pig, we—our uh, friend who who let us borrow the boar—she uh, gets the pig of the litter, and then we're probably going to give away a couple, and we may keep two or three around, but that's really about the limit of the number of hogs that, uh, that we like to have at our place, two or three. After that, it uh, the, the the management um, and making sure that they're being moved and rotated around to fresh pasture uh, on a uh, regular basis, that, that becomes a little too intensive for me working uh, off farm and not knowing uh, how Miss E is going to be feeling later in the spring. I'd like to keep it We're going to kind of get back to basics and keep it simple. We're not going to get rid of of any of the critters that we have, but... Um, we've we've had these big grand plans Every year for the farm that haven't come to fruition So this year I think we're just trying to scale back our dreams And let's actually see if we can have manageable expectations That we can accomplish this year All right, We're going to step away for a moment or two We're just getting started here on this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool So stick around, we'll be back with more right after this 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards On the Blaze Radio Network
0: progressive movement is full of lies why do americans keep falling for the deception in his new book liars glenn beck reveals the simple answer fear at our most basic level we're all afraid of something and progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards
1: on the Blaze Radio Network. I realized I did not give a goat update as I was updating. the and I didn't give a bullet and a book or in a dog update either. But uh, the goats are great. The goats are fantastic. They. Uh, it's been kind of cloudy and rainy on the farm. So we've got the goats set up with some ElectroNet, uh, which is portable electric fencing. Highly recommend it. It's great. They've got it for, uh, we use it for the hogs. They've got a hog fence, which is smaller because the hogs can't really jump over it. So you don't need to have a big, tall fence. Uh, We've got the goat fencing, which is much taller because the goats do... Like to jump, uh, they actually have poultry netting too that we don't use, although i'm I'm very curious you have to clip the wings so they can't fly uh, but then the the poultry netting supposedly uh, keeps the chickens in place now I have seen our chickens walk right through the uh, hog fencing, uh, uh, flap their way over the goat fencing, and actually manage to squeeze their way through some of the uh, uh, the squares in the in the uh, electronet that uh, keeps the goats inside. So I I honestly, like, I'm a little skeptical of the poultry netting. Um, You tell me, if you use poultry netting, how well it works. But uh, I I confess, I am a little hesitant uh, to try the uh, poultry netting. But anyway, so it's been kind of cloudy. It's been kind of rainy. And the ElectroNet uh, uses a solar-powered, uh, battery. So the battery recharges based on the solar power. When it is cloudy and when it is raining, you can take the battery out. You can charge it on a we've got a trickle charger that uh, we use and you charge the battery back up and it's fine. Well, look, it's been kind of a crazy, hectic few weeks. So we didn't realize that the, or we didn't think about the fact that the uh, battery was probably running low because it wasn't getting a chance to recharge because it's been so cloudy and rainy. Until the goats ate through the electric fence. Yes. Um, so there's a a guide wire, basically. All right, well, not a guide wire. It's actually the electrified wire. Um, anyway, they actually bit through, nibbled through that, uh, killed the fence. So they've been able to get out whenever they want. Uh, they, they haven't informed us of this fact. They didn't make it obvious that their fence was dead. Uh, and over the past few days... Uh, we've been relying on my youngest daughter to feed the goats, and she's been going out and turning off the fence and, you know, going in and turning the fence back on when she leaves, and and it just hadn't really occurred to her to actually check the fence, why would you do such a thing, the goats seem to be there, until they weren't, and then they were wandering around the yard and they were eating, it's fine. I mean, at this point, <laughs> at this point, we have no trees that we are trying to save. At this you know, we've got some fig trees that the goats ate to pieces, and now they've actually come back. So I'd like to keep the fig trees around. But uh, this time of year, the only thing the goats are going to be getting into are the uh, uh, holly bushes near the house that need to go anyway, uh, some of the uh, scrub. Uh, locust trees that that can uh, be eaten, uh, so it was it was fine that they got out. But the uh, the fence has been fixed. They are now back to their confinement, which is like four hundred square feet uh, for five goats. So they have plenty of space. They each have their own little igloo. They're they're in great shape. Uh, we will probably move them. Once uh, we actually get into the springtime, uh, when the canopy of trees starts to get their leaves, that area back where they are right now becomes a little bit uh, shadier, and I like them to have some uh, some sun as well as some shade. So we'll be moving the goats around at some point as well. Um, we have made our seed selections for, uh, for springtime. Now we just actually have to... Do the work of getting into the garden Have I told you that I was kind of hoping That Missy e would be feeling well enough to, uh, to get out there And get her hands dirty And start turning over some earth I was, I was hoping actually That that would be the case But uh, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case So <laughs> The garden The, the actual uh, 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 Garden prep this year Is going to be done on paper by Missy e. She's going to plan everything out And then the uh, physical labor will be done by myself. And I'm going to enlist my 16-year-old son this year. He doesn't know it yet. He may have other plans because he's got a girlfriend now and he's playing sports. And I definitely want him to keep his grades up. But uh, there's going to be some extracurricular activities around the house for him this spring. Because Miss E does have some... uh, some pretty big ideas. She wants a a a more compact garden than what we've had. We've we've never never this was one of the foolish things that we have done uh on the uh, 40 acres. We've never actually used the entire garden that we that we built with all of the raised garden beds that Missy wanted. We've never actually used them all because uh, again it's a lot to maintain uh when you are working full time, when you are Uh, raising kids, when you've got other stuff to do, um, 70 some odd raised garden beds is a lot to keep up with. So we've never really used more than half of that garden space. So we're actually going to, in recognition of that fact, um, we're actually going to scale down the garden quite a bit. uh, And then we're going to have a couple of raised beds up near the uh, Uh, up near, closer to the house. Not even raised beds, really just kind of big garden boxes that uh, I am hoping will keep the deer away. Uh, Well, not we won't keep the deer away, but I'm hoping that that, uh, being closer to the house, we'll have less issues uh, with the uh, the deer and the rabbits and the uh, critters that we have in the uh, garden right now. We talked about this last week. The huge tomatoes always end up with a bite eaten out of them, and I want to actually eat my big tomatoes this year not just my cherry tomatoes. So that is my uh, my quest right now. I'm curious where you are in your garden planning. Uh, I mean, it is February. I don't know, January kind of always just sneaks up and you think, all oh, right, I got plenty of time. I don't really need to get started until, you know, February rolls around. All of a sudden, what? I thought we had 31 days in January. Where did the time go? And so now it's early February. Now I'm starting to think, well, next month is March, and so then after that, it's April. Now I'm starting to get in that frame of mind where it's like, okay, I got to go, 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 go. Even though we still have probably, at this point, uh, two months before our uh, freeze date. Probably going to be somewhere around April 15th, maybe even first of May. I think that's what it was last year. So on paper, I've got plenty of time. But when the, when the calendar turns to February, I don't know. That, to me, is when I'm thinking spring is right around the corner and i got to be on top of things. So I'm curious where you are in uh, your garden prep right now. We also have some uh, emails to get to. Uh, as a matter of fact, we've got several emails to get to. So we'll probably do two segments with emails. Uh, but before we take a break, I just wanted to share this cool story I saw from, uh, it's been making the rounds. I think uh, Daily Mirror had the story, um, digitaltrends.com picked it up. It's a woman named Kara Brookins. Uh, she's actually on Twitter at CMBrookins. And in 2008, this was almost a decade ago. She left a husband uh, that she called violent and abusive, and she took her kids with her. Um, they she ended up buying a piece of land, and it didn't have a house on it. So Kara and her kids uh, built this house by themselves. Without any previous experience in construction or architecture, Kara Brookins used YouTube videos and unskilled child labor to uh, to put this house uh, in place. She said, I had rented this cabin for a Thanksgiving getaway, and driving there we passed this house that had been ravaged by a tornado. It was this beautiful dream house, and it was sort of wide open. You don't often get to see the interior uh, of a house like that. But looking at these two by fours and these nails, it just looks so simple. I thought I could put this wall back up if I really tried. Maybe I should just start from scratch. Uh, so she said she bought the supplies. And she said, once I did that and they were all piled up, there was no way out. There wasn't enough money to pay anybody to put it together. So uh, there was no plan B. So... She said that they would watch three or four videos for every stage of construction and then think, okay, which one is going to work best for us? Uh, 17, 15, 11, and 2-year-old kids. She said uh, that her daughter, Hope, did the marking. Her son drew ran the nail gun. Uh, and uh, someone was always assigned to watching the 2-year-old and toddler as he uh, stomped around in mud on the uh, job site. She has a uh, house. Uh, excuse me. Well, yes, yeah, she does have a house, but she also has a book about building this house that has uh, been released uh, called Rise, How a House Built a Family, and I just think that it was the coolest story. I mean, you talk about you know, folks doing uh, a, a sort of brave yet foolhardy things like moving to a farm after a life in the suburbs, buying a piece of land, buying all of the equipment to build a house, and then just building that house uh, with the help of your kids. That That's, again, one of those things that could have turned out uh, disastrously, and I'm sure that there were plenty of those moments where uh, Kara Brookings thought to herself, what the heck have I done? But uh, looking back, it seems like it was well worth it. And now that I've actually finished the uh, two-volume biography of Abraham Lincoln that I've been reading since before Christmas, I actually may pick up Kara Brookings' New book, which uh, came out last week. Again, the uh, book itself is called Rise How a House Built a Family by uh, Kara Brookins. And it's nice to see uh, folks out there following and living. Their, their dreams, no matter how foolish They may have seemed at the time Alright, stick around, we've got more from 40 Acres and a Fool Including your thoughts, the email address As always, 40acrefool At gmail.com You can follow me on Twitter, at Cam Edwards You can follow me on Instagram, at Cam Edwards Although, uh, lately I've been At work pretty much since uh, Not long after sunrise And getting home right around sunset So there has, there's not been a lot of activity on my Instagram page uh, Corny Goat Farm is Miss E.'s Instagram page, Corny Goat Farm. And she's been updating a little bit more frequently than I have. Hopefully that's going to change here now that I I, I think we're getting daylight until about 6.15 at night now. So it'll only get better from here. And hopefully there'll be more time for all kinds of uh, pictures of adorable animals, including uh, baby bacon seeds here before long. All right, stick around. We'll be right back with more right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool
0: with Cam Edwards 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards continues on the Blaze Radio
1: Network. So once again, we are very blessed to have some fantastic emails to uh, get to this week, including Chris checking in once again. He said, uh, when I first heard you starting to read my letter, I was blissfully working away running brake lines on my El Camino and it suddenly dawned on me. Hey, that's me. That's my letter. So I paused the podcast, ran upstairs to have my wife listen in. Not surprisingly, Chris says, it sparked a conversation about moving again. Now, Chris and his wife are in Massachusetts. He says, I have no ties there. My parents still live here, but they want to move to Pennsylvania. My brother and his wife live in Thomas River, New Jersey, and we talk via text mostly. My uncle has his own radio show in Egg Harbor Township. Bob Burns on your radio. My wife, Alicia, Chris says, however, has all of her family here, and she's very close with them, and that makes it hard to leave. It does. It does. It does. She doesn't want to stray far away from them sometimes. Other times she realizes she really only sees her family on holidays and that there are other ways to keep in touch. Ultimately, she likes the idea of moving away and starting a chapter on her lives. Although I I do understand, Chris, it is and Alicia, it's scary. It it is scary to think about leaving home. And I don't just mean the house, but I mean the, the geographic place. I mean, I lived in Oklahoma City from... Uh, with a, with a couple of exceptions for college and when I was a kid, we moved to New Jersey for a couple of years. I moved. I lived in Oklahoma City basically. For, uh, oh, and there was the time in Arkansas. Okay, so there was a, a there was a gap, but in essence, from the time that I was four uh, until the time I was twenty nine, I I lived in Oklahoma City, and so that was home to me. And so I get it. It is. It's it's scary thinking about uh, about leaving. Chris says, we had an opportunity to move to Germany about 10 years ago, and at the time she said no because she didn't want to leave her family, but now regrets that decision. I think this weighs in her mind when the subject of moving comes up as well. Sometimes Vermont comes up, sometimes New Hampshire. I want to live in a place where I'm not a jerk for liking cars, guns, freedom, and my pit bull, but the most important thing is that she needs to be happy where we are. Uh, Chris says, I'll end there, but this time I'll include pictures of what I'm up to while I listen, as well as one of the pup, and what Chris is up to uh, while he is listening, is uh, restoring this pretty awesome El Camino. And, oh, my goodness gracious, Chris, your little pup with the bow tie and the face and the just the serious eyes. Oh, good gravy. Thank you for sending that picture. I'll have to uh, figure out. Maybe I'll post that up on the uh, Facebook page. Um, I wish you the best of luck. It is tough. I mean, you know, I don't know where exactly you are in Massachusetts, but... You know, New Hampshire is an option. Unfortunately, if you talk to folks who live in New Hampshire, they will tell you about uh, uh, the folks from Massachusetts moving into New Hampshire, uh, you know, driving up the cost of living. And a lot of those folks from Massachusetts didn't move to New Hampshire uh, because they wanted freedom. They might have wanted the lower taxes, but they also want to tell people how to live their lives, right? Uh, Vermont, again, has a very, very strong gunning tradition that uh, some folks are trying to obliterate right now. So they could probably use all the uh, Second Amendment supporters that they can get, Chris, honestly. Uh, Maine as well, I would say, you know, it. it um, Maine is a, a very Second Amendment friendly state. Uh, voters there have rejected Bloomberg's anti-gun bills, the uh, referendums that he uh, has put on the ballot. Uh, they have rejected the anti-hunting referendums. Now, I think that there is a pretty good political split between the Portland-Banger areas, maybe even, uh, uh, where's the the, uh, the the University of Maine located? Lewiston, I think, right? Uh, and then the rest of the state. But uh, it seems like the you've got a pretty good handle there in Maine on, on things like uh, our gun rights. Uh, it is tough, and I imagine... Uh, uh, Virginia or North Carolina or South Carolina, Texas is probably completely out of the question, right, Chris? But although the El Camino would look great there in Texas, uh, anyway, I do wish you the best. And and again, it it, it is it is scary to uh, to find that 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 uh, that moment where okay, I've got the opportunity to leave here and try something new. Uh, do I do it? Do I take it? But I would say this. I think that uh, both you and Alicia, Chris, you'll you'll know when it is the right moment. And you'll know when it's the right opportunity. And I, uh, I hope that you find it soon, sir. Also, uh, John writing in from the frozen banks of Elk River, Minnesota. Now, it's been a while since we've heard from John. He says it was the tail end of April when he last wrote. He says, my lovely wife and I were preparing for our backyard nuptials in the garden that she and I built. And uh, John has attached a photo. He says for Miss E, like, like, I don't care about it. I love this picture, John. It is beautiful. I I, I can appreciate pretty things just because I'm a dude doesn't mean I can't. John says we broke from tradition of formal wear. We settled for picnic wear. I can say with great certainty that cargo shorts, sandals, and a Hawaiian shirt should be the standard groom's attire for all. And I'm sure all the brides out there would agree, right? I didn't quite go the cargo short round Hawaiian shirt look when I got married, John, but uh, khakis, dress shirt and a tie because we got married outside in Oklahoma on the first day of August. And uh, Miss E was resplendent in her uh, off the rack white dress from I think it was Dillard's. When I say off the rack, I mean off the clearance rack, of course. Right. So I'm I'm sure that this is horrifying there's some people out there who, uh, who want to spend 15, dollars $30,000 on their wedding, and then we spend two hundred, And it sounds like, again, uh, you recognize it's not the money that you spend. This day is going to be memorable. Regardless, let's, let's make it about us, right? Uh, John says our chickens are wintering well, still producing 10 to 12 eggs a day in Minnesota in the winter. Good for you, John. Knock on wood, he says we haven't had any issues with predators, even with plenty of owls and fisher cats nearby. He says, it's been a strange year, and although our normal Saturday morning routine of enjoying a hot cup of coffee, maybe a little alcohol additive while enjoying 40 Acres and a Fool, has been interrupted regularly, we finally got in some binge listening uh, and probably shouldn't be diving anywhere. (laughs) John says, that said, I felt it important to write you, to tell you how much listening to you and Miss Ego through your troubles has meant to us. Uh, When I wrote last, I mentioned that Miss Kay and I were aspiring to start our own 40 Acre Dreams, We stumbled and put our dreams on hold for a bit when the company I worked for as a mechanical designer failed after our bookkeeper allegedly embezzled three-quarter of a million dollars. It was a little more stressful, John says, as the very same woman who allegedly committed this crime just so happened to be the same woman who introduced me to my wife three years ago. Miss Kay and I are both intertwined with her family and friends, and life has taken on a certain soap opera quality. But the lesson that we've learned from you and Miss E is that life can turn on a dime, And there is no valid reason for giving up on your dreams. So with uncertainty feeling much more natural, (laughs) we took the plunge and are waiting to close on our own private 40 acres in the Arrowhead region of Minnesota. I did find more gainful employment, so we're not being completely foolish. The rolling land is surrounded on three and a half sides by the tall pines of the Superior National Forest. Our goal is to carve out a getaway for campers and vacationers. We hope that within five years, we can leave behind the corporate confines of the city and scratch out a living as resort owners in the middle of Minnesota's premier vacation destination. John says, I've got plenty of experience for my 21-year career as a carpenter with the U.S. Navy Seabees. So building a log home and five elevated yurts should be an enjoyable challenge. Ms. Kay is busy dreaming and planning for gardens and animal lodging. If you've ever heard of the Mangalista pig, uh, we have. Oh, yes. Our goal, he says, try to raise a few during the construction phase. I guess we're in the fun part of dreaming everything into existence, but the real work will start soon. John and Katie say, uh, please know that you and especially Missy are in our thoughts and prayers. And uh, John and Katie, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing the pictures from your wedding. And um, good luck to you. Uh, and and I, I, when you get your yurts built... Um, I, I, I would love to go and stay and be one of your first guests uh, at your resort when you are ready to go. I think that is amazing. Uh, I am so happy that, uh, that you guys are following your dreams. And, and you're right. Uh, life is uncertain. And even if you think that you are in the perfect spot, right, or, or you have to wait until you get to that perfect spot in life to follow your dreams, you're probably never going to get there. Uh, but those perfect spots, they don't last and uh uh you know you can you can do things i think you can uh, build things uh, even when life feels like it's at its most challenging so good for you john you are inspiring me as well and uh and see i was complaining earlier about oh got all this garden stuff i got to get done now i'm ready to go man I'm, I'm ready to get going i'm ready to start digging get that uh, uh rototiller out there and let's get it done So thank you for inspiring me, John and Katie. All right, we have more of your emails to get to. We're going to step away for just a moment, though. So stick around. 40 Acres and a Fool, it'll continue right after this. You're listening to
0: 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam
1: Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So I don't know what your weekend plans are right now. I will be watching the, uh, I guess I better call it the big game on uh, Sunday. I'll be rooting for the team from New England. Feel free to give me grief as much as you want in the email. I understand it's just a geographic, uh, I say just a, a geographic thing, but I have, I have come to love the uh, New England Patriots. I've gotten a chance to know Matt Light, who uh, was on the offensive line for a number of years. And I got to tell you, what a tremendous uh, human being and just what a uh, generous spirit he is. Um, they've been doing great stuff with the Light Foundation in terms of helping get kids uh, into the great outdoors and using the great outdoors to help build uh, character and ethics uh, in uh, the next generation. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun actually getting to know Matt. But uh, I got to tell you, I think, I, I think, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but I think it's going to be a good game. Also, this weekend in the Farmville area, we have professional wrestling coming to town actually they're they're from town we've got the bruiser wrestling federation which is run out of appomattox virginia which is about 20 miles to the west of farmville Uh, they've got wrestling matches i I like to say wrestling matches Uh, they've got wrestling coming up this weekend and i keep asking my kids i'm sure they're tired of me bugging them about this do you want to go do you want to go do you want to go if i was an 11 year old boy when I was an 11-year-old boy, if somebody said, hey, do you want to go see professional wrestling? I would have said, yeah, let's go. My son's like, meh, I don't know. My 11-year-old daughter, meh, I don't know. 16-year-old son, oh, I think I was going to go out. I said he's dating now, right? So doesn't want to take his girlfriend. So I've got to uh, I've got to talk to my friends and see who wants to go see wrestling this weekend. Now, we'll uh, get back to some emails here. Um, Steven writing in from the Rock Ridge Ranch. And he says, "Uh, Hello, Cam and Missy. My family have been listening into the podcast for about nine months now. And we have enjoyed being alongside you at your dining room table. Uh, We feel, as many others have expressed, like you, are close friends, we've never met. Missy's in our prayers, we're rooting for you all. We stalk you guys on Instagram. We are the Rock Ridge Ranch on Instagram. And uh, we enjoy seeing your life playing out on there. Last May... We made the jump, he says, to our own near frontier, purchased a 10-acre ranch in Northern California in the Gold Country foothills to the Sierra Nevada Mountains, approximately 40 miles southeast of Sacramento, near the town of, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Ione. Uh, My wife and I. Both grew up in Southern California in Orange County. We both knew nothing but high-density suburban living. In 2005, I took a position in Lodi in Northern California. We viewed the move to Lodi as moving to a small town since it was considerably smaller at a uh, 60,000-person population. After 11 years, we felt that the one small town with 60,000 people was becoming too large for our taste, and that's when we decided to make the leap on our own to the country. We currently live in Amador County with a total population of 36,000 in the county. That awesome it says uh, we only have four neighbors within a half mile of us. It is quite a different lifestyle. Also says there has not been one day, not one, that we've regretted the move. We've been teaching our kids about this thing they call outside. The horribly frustrating satellite internet makes iPad gameplay a little less entertaining for our eight-year-old son, and helps motivate him to go play outside. Even with the slow internet and the twenty-minute drive to any convenience, I will take the trade-off for what we've gained every time. In the last nine months we've acquired eight goats, Nigerian dwarves, uh three chickens, and a sheep that we are allowing to graze for a four H. We're definitely not in Orange County anymore. The most recent development on the ranch is the chickens. We bought a small chicken coop from Tractor Supply over the holidays, and we acquired our three egg laying hens. Almost immediately we came to realize that the store bought chicken coop was really too small. So over the last few weeks we started building the chicken palace, built it out of ten pallets. Pallets are great, aren't they? I mean, they are just the, they're like the duct tape of wood. Uh, You can do so much with pallets. We built it out of 10 pallets, two by fours and chicken wire. We still need to paint it, but it turned out really well if I do say so myself. Now we're planning garden boxes for our next project. He says, someone in the uh, Bay Area invited you to swing by in your next West Coast swing during the last podcast. We would be honored to have you visit the Rockridge Ranch if you do make the trip. Steve and Jen, Gabby and Jake says after nearly 100 episodes, I thought we should introduce ourselves and say a proper hello to our friends that we sit at their dining room table with frequently. Uh, We'll try not to be strangers or just Instagram stalkers. Yes, please, send us more emails, Jen and Steve and Gabby and Jake. I I love hearing about your adventures, and it's I gotta tell you, every time I get an email like this from someone like Steve and Jen and Gabby and Jake, someone else who's like, you know what, I want to do this. I I know I didn't grow up in the country. I know I don't have any experience doing this, but I want to do this. Look, four years later, it still feels good to know that I'm not the only one. We're not the only ones uh, with this sort of crazy dream. In fact, I I love the fact that uh, uh, I'm hearing more of these stories and and I, I hope that this uh, podcast and what we do on the Instagram page and what we have plans to do in uh, 2017 uh, with some video and building a community, um, I hope that it does inspire more people. It, look, if you, if you like living in the city, that's great. That's fantastic. And if you love living in the suburbs, wonderful. But there are people who don't. And yet they feel like what's holding them back from where they want to live or all of the practical things like, again, work, paycheck, uh, you know, convenience. And, and when, you, when you try to figure out how to overcome those obstacles and overcome the adversity and actually be where you want to be, I think quality of life just improves exponentially, even if the quality of your Internet service declines just as dramatically. Um, so thank you, folks. Steve, Jen. Gabby and Jacob there in uh, Northern California. Larry also writing in with a question about seed catalogs. says, I'm wanting to plant some chocolate scotch bonnet and uh, datal peppers this spring. And I was wondering what catalogs you and Missy would recommend. As always, you, Missy, and the family are in our thoughts and our prayers. And if you're ever feeling down, just remember, says Larry, Boomer Sooner. Oh, Larry, that's awful. Awful. Uh, As far as the seed catalogs, so... I mean, really, there's no shortage. Uh, Baker Seed Company is probably one of the biggest ones. If you feel like spending money for a seed catalog, you've got to buy it. They're, uh, we've bought from Baker Seed. Um, they're a little frou-frou. I'm, I'm sure if, if, if it matters to you, they're, I'm pretty sure they're probably falling down on the left side of the political spectrum. Uh, There is the uh, Southern Exposure Seed Exchange, uh, which is based in Mineral, Virginia, which is probably about an hour, hour and a half from uh, the Farmville area. We use them as well. Um, Johnny Seed Companies is a good one uh so and even even you know like the totally tomatoes catalog is actually going to have stuff beyond tomatoes um, territorial seed company is another one as I said I mean there are there are no shortage of seed companies for you to use and I I, I couldn't tell you that we've had you know better luck with uh, one company more than another because we're usually buying different things from different companies we try to like spread our, our little love around and you know they get uh, Baker seed company gets 10 bucks from us and territorial gets, you know, eight and uh, we'll we'll just try to spread out our orders that way. So there are a few recommendations for you, Larry, and and hopefully uh, one of those seed catalogs will help. David also writing in says a cure for your tomato issue. Now, David bought a 30 acre farm five and a half years ago in the central Illinois area. He says, we started uh, slow, just planted fruit trees and the like. We had chickens and turkeys. Two years ago, we were up to 40 chickens and 10 or so turkeys. David says, by the way, turkeys are a pain to get started. We will not be raising them again. They are super fragile when young. One weekend, we went on vacation. My brother was watching things. A raccoon or another critter found our chickens. In a week, we went from 40 or so chickens to zero or so chickens and uh, 10 turkeys to two turkeys. David says, I feel your pain on the chickens. We just couldn't get the barn sealed well enough to to keep out the critters. It, doesn't that suck, David? I mean, I just, it's the worst. I don't say it's the worst feeling in the world. I've, I've, I don't want to be hyperbolic. I've felt worse than when I've discovered something got into the chickens. But it is so frustrating. You want to be able to protect and take care of these animals. Um, at the same time, because they are utterly helpless Right. They are, I mean, they're just, they're not going to be able to take care of themselves. Um, you want them to have that space. You want them to have that free range. And, and yet, if you do that, you very quickly realize that uh, there are predators out there. Even you can look around and your you're, you're, uh, uh, farmland can be peaceful and bucolic. And you can just think to yourself, oh, this is so wonderful. And... Then you find the patch of feathers, you find the uh, spots of blood on the ground, and you realize that, uh, you know, even in these beautiful spaces, uh, predators exist. I, I, frankly, I think that is one of those lessons that I've learned from the farm that has sort of carried over into things like public safety, uh, my thoughts on national security, right? Predators are out there. Uh, David says, since we have uh, grown and while we still have no chickens— or he says, since then we've grown. And while we still have no chickens, we now have pigs, goats, sheep, and horses. Wow. Wow. David says, uh, we're now eating almost nothing but our own meat. It is great. We do have to buy some beef occasionally, but the two sheep from this year's culling make for a pretty good substitute. says, we had a horrible garden last year as well. Everything came up nicely. It was going great until mid-June. I hurt my arm. I was out of gardening for two months or so. My wife tried to do it all herself, but got into something that she was allergic to, to the point that she had to go get a, a shot and a prednisone prescription. That, they gave her too much. so two days later, I had to take her back, found out that they had OD'd her and it took over, uh, her over a month to get over it. Needless to say, David says the garden fell apart and we uh, didn't get to can much of anything. Luckily we had just enough from the previous year uh, that we are just going to make it. I think says David, well, David, I'm glad to know that both you and your wife are okay. And, uh, that's, 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 see, that's good planning on your part, uh, to be able to, to, to suffer through a, a series of unfortunate events like that and still actually have enough food to uh, make it through the winter. David says, on to your critter problem on your tomatoes. We had the same issue. And my wife was complaining about it at a farmer's market here locally and got this tip. They said, try putting dog poop around the edge of the area with your tomatoes. We had tried everything from dog hair to the pepper spray, you name it. And this actually worked. We never have problems now. You have a couple of dogs, you should give it a try. Uh, You'd have to set it up every couple of few feet and you have to redo it every few weeks, but it really works. I have I have no shortage of dog poop uh, to deal with. We we always have a bumper crop of dog poop with uh, two very large dogs, David, so this would actually work fine. If you don't mind me asking, I'm going to ask you a very weird follow-up question. Um, does, the, does the age... <laughs> Of the dog poop matter, I, I assume that the fresher, the better. That at some point again, if you got to replace every couple of weeks, right? The 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 dog poop eventually just kind of mm, becomes uh, inoffensive and uh, non-scary to the uh, to the would-be nibblers of the tomatoes. I, I that's again, it's a foolish question, but I'm assuming the fresher the better. Uh, We've been praying for you all, says David. I hope that Missy e is able to make it back soon and feels like her old self again. Good luck and God bless and. David, again, thank you so much to, uh, and, and best wishes to you and your wife as well. I hope that we, I hope that we all have a mishap-free uh, growing season in 2017. I really do. That is my fervent hope and prayer for each and every one of us. That uh, all of those, you know, bad gardens and the droughts and the mishaps and the mayhem, I, th- I, I hope that it all goes away, and that uh, starting this spring, we are able to uh, work hard. And uh, months from now, we'll be able to enjoy a a rich bounty thanks to our labors. All right. Speaking of uh, labors, I got to get going to work. Yeah, I know. But thanks for spending some time with me. Uh, We will be back. We will be back. I'm going to get Miss E in here as soon as she possibly feels like it. Hopefully, that's going to be next week. Uh, But if not, I'm working on some... uh, some, some actual in-studio or maybe at-the-kitchen-table guests uh, that uh, from the Farmville area that I've been hoping to uh, chat with. And, and hopefully we can make that happen next week. Uh, in the meantime, one more time, we'll let you know the email address, 40acrefool at gmail.com. The uh, Instagram accounts, at Corny Goat Farm for Miss E, at Cam Edwards for... Me, uh, also on Twitter, at Cam Edwards. Missy is not on Twitter, and I recommend her every day. She just stay far, far away. All right, you have a fantastic week. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and we will see you here soon with another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network.
0: This is 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.